Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Economics. I am your host, Talia Murdoch. I would like to begin by acknowledging that we are fortunate to be able to gather on the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people where this podcast is recorded. Today, I will be further discussing the middle class. Back in episode 29 of this podcast, I looked at the various ways the middle class is defined across different bodies of work. Today, I am going to take a look at whether or not the middle class has changed since the late 60s, more with regards to income levels than demographic mix, such as race, ethnicity, and age. I have chosen to investigate this cohort of households as they represent a large portion of any population and are a good indicator of income equality or inequality. What I learned in my research and what I'm going to talk about today probably won't come as a surprise to most of you, and that is life is getting more expensive and financially strenuous for anyone below the upper income level. I will mainly be looking at data from the United States as this is prevalent and some great studies have been done here, and we'll also talk a little bit about various changes in Europe as a comparison. To begin, the actual size of the middle class, measured by how many households fall within an income range of two-thirds to twice the median income, has not changed significantly over the past 40 years. In the United States, the size of the middle class did shrink by about 10% from 1971 to 2016, and this was mostly attributed to people moving up the ladder rather than down, which is a good sign of economic growth to a degree. Income levels of this group, and also of lower income groups, however, have stagnated when compared to those households within the upper class. On average, middle class life is 30% more expensive than it was 20 years ago in the United States. According to the Brookings Institute, who you're probably familiar with if you are interested in this field of research, median household income in 1967 in America was $44,895 per year, compared to just $57,230 in 2015. This represents growth of just 27% over those 48 years, despite growth in the gross national income per capita of 123% during the same time. When we take a closer look at the three middle income quintiles, remembering these are groups within the group as lower middle, middle and upper middle, they experience real income growth, so factoring in inflation, etc., at a rate of 28% from 1979 to 2014, while the uppermost 20% of the population, with regards to income, experience income growth rates of 95% over those same years. I mean, you don't need a whole lot of expertise to understand that this difference is inequitable and that income is definitely being hoarded by the rich. Also interesting here is that much of the growth in income for middle-class households is as a result of women entering the workforce rather than of wage growth. If it were not for women's contributions, then the middle class would have suffered massive declines in income. And I mean, they're struggling already as it is. In fact, when we look at the middle and lower income groups, wages and employment levels have stagnated or declined. The median income in 2016 was actually about $1,000 less per year than it was in the year 2000, an impact of the global financial crisis of 2007, yes, but also of poor income and wealth policy, as upper income groups have experienced income growth of about $4,000 per year during the same time. So without getting too philosophical about it, that is the general overview of changes in income for the middle class. It doesn't look great, and honestly, this has nothing to do with hard work and entitlement, 
This has everything to do with the lack of a social security net, tax breaks for the rich, and no mandatory obligation to pay workers a living wage. Considering children of the middle class households now, as looking at the way that children will progress through life over time is a good indicator of how the class structure and class system may be changing, 90% of those born into the middle class in 1940 grew up to experience higher incomes than their parents, a natural progression, while those born in the 1980s had only a 50% chance of earning a higher wage. So there is obviously changes happening over time where children born into a certain class are less likely to actually be better off than their parents compared to in the past. So next time you hear someone complaining about millennials wanting everything and asking for too much money, please relay this statistic off to them. Things are getting more expensive and becoming less and less equal for this cohort of people, particularly those at the lower end. In the same way, people are self-identifying less so as middle class as the cost of living rises. Between 2007 and 2014, the number of American adults who felt that their children would be better off than them in the future fell by one third. Now, this is definitely, again, an impact of the global financial crisis that devastated the world economy. But it's not like this happened out of nowhere. In saying that, the GFC is not solely responsible for the changes in people's perception of whether or not they fit within the middle class. And it really provides no explanation as to why the upper class income levels have grown so much more in recent years than middle incomes and low incomes. For example, between 2010 and 2016, middle class incomes, where over half of Americans live, grew by 6%. Upper class incomes, where 19% of Americans live, grew by 9%. And lower class incomes, where 29% of Americans live, grew by only 5%. Wealth, so the accumulation of monetary value that isn't from income, also fell for the middle class by 28% from 2001 to 2013. The wealth gaps between classes were at their highest level of inequality in 2016 than ever before, and these stats are a good example of that. On a slightly more positive note, in terms of income, before I move on to comparisons in Europe, the share of African Americans in the upper class more than doubled to 12%, from 1971 to 2015. Now there is still so much catching up to do here and so many wrongs to right. I'm in no way saying that this figure is good enough by any means, just that there has been growth compared to other groups. African Americans still remain more likely than other Americans to earn a lower income and less likely to earn a higher income, which is plain and simple not fair. Again, this has nothing to do with skills and hard work, class is complex, and policy needs to protect people who are marginalised by race and ethnicity. Being born into a historically poor demographic of people gives you no less right to an education and financially stable life than anyone else. So now that we have talked about what changes have been experienced by the American middle class broadly, I want to make comparisons to Europe. A study was done by the Pew Research Centre, who provides so much important findings, that considers European incomes from 1991 to 2010, with middle class also defined as households with incomes ranging from two-thirds to twice the median. Depending on the country, changes to the size of the middle class and their incomes differed. In the UK, the Netherlands and France, the size of the middle class increased, while in Germany, Italy and Spain it became smaller. Where it decreased and similar to America, it was more because of people moving into the upper class than people falling into the lower class, though some still fell, particularly in Spain. 
In terms of actual income levels, people in Europe generally experience greater growth than their US counterparts. For example, between 1991 and 2010, income of the middle class in America grew by 9%, while in Ireland, incomes for this same group increased by 71% and by 48% in Norway. However, overall, the share of income held by the middle class, so the portion of a country's entire income allocated to this group fell slightly, signaling an increase in inequality, though less so than in America. So compared to Europe, the American middle class seems like it's becoming worse off. They are definitely worse off than previous generations and then the upper class, and equality continues to decline. And I want to point out that the studies I used to write this episode didn't mention household wealth, which I'm sure would only increase the current class divide, as it has become more difficult for those in the middle class to buy a home and make other investments that the upper class can do more easily. Next time I visit this topic, I want to explore wage growth in more detail and really get some answers as to why this level of inequality has been realised. What policies, or lack thereof for that matter, have led to this world? As I have said in past episodes, this capitalist society didn't happen by accident. And something I will get into another day, the capitalism we live in today is not the idealistic capitalism we are taught about in school. People shouldn't have to suffer and struggle to make ends meet so someone else can get rich. So that brings me to the end of today's episode. As you know from episode 29, there are a number of ways the middle class can be defined, and today I focus on income. So if you're interested in how this group might have changed in other ways, you could explore changes in education levels and self-perception of class. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something. There were quite a lot of stats in them, so I will throw them into the show notes. You can follow the show on Twitter at Every Economics or find the whole network at Cave Goblins. We have six awesome shows covering a range of topics, plus two Patreon-exclusive shows that you can find at patreon.com slash cavegoblins. Set them all to auto-download, leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser, and support us in the easiest way possible. We really, truly appreciate it. Thank you again for listening. Be kind to each other. I am Talia Murdoch, and this has been Everything Economics. Are you a new DM? Are you an experienced DM? Doesn't matter. Listen to DMs of Vancouver for great DMing advice. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.